Good morning, everybody, on this uh, February 22nd, 2023. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. I cut off the music a little abruptly there. Sorry about that. Okay. Thanks for being with us today or on the archives. You know, we archive it everywhere where you can listen to a podcast, but also our home website is ace-ed.org and every podcast is over there. You can go over to the podcast link and just listen to every podcast we've done, including this one, which is going to be a good one. It's with Patrick Brennan. And Patrick is the VP of Government Relations at a friend of ours, Learning Ally. Okay. You can learn more about them and Patrick will tell you at learningally.org. But he's, he, he works with governments on various plans and all that about early literacy, needs detection for students, et cetera. And uh, post-pandemic, it's important to be working with all the state and federal governments. So we're going to talk to Patrick about how this all comes together from the industry's point of view, working with uh, the, the government. It should be an interesting show. I've never done one on the subject before, so it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to archive the show, as I mentioned, at ace-ed.org, and everything we do is over there. We invite you to join our American Consortium for Equity. It's no charge for educators, obviously. And you get a free subscription to our online journal, which is called Equity and Access Pre-K-12. So we invite you to go over ace-ed.org, A-C-E-E-D.org, and sign on up. And we'd love to get in touch with you and get you. We, You know, we look at a lot of educator voice. We look forward to your opinions. We look forward to your thoughts. We look forward to your writings. So please go over there and check out all we do and Join in with us. No time like the present to make that happen, okay? It's all about equity, all about access to good education for every kid, okay? And I bet you Patrick agrees with me on that. Good morning, Patrick. I'm Larry Jacobs. Call me Larry. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm Patrick. Please call me Patrick. I will call you Patrick. It's my pleasure to do so, sir. I know a lot of people named Patrick Brennan, so you're, I'm adding you to the list. Yeah, after all, I lived okay. near Boston for years. Okay. Yeah. Hello, oh, Patrick wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. So, make, yeah, before, go ahead, please. Oh, I hope I make them proud. I hope I'm excited to be with you there, Larry. I think of, I think the world of the work you do oh, and uh, uh, my colleagues at Learning Ally uh, just very much appreciate the opportunity to uh, continue our discussion. So thank you so much for having me on today. Well, I appreciate you being here. I really do. That that feeling is mutual. Learning Ally is a good group of people, i got to tell you. And while we're on the subject, why don't you tell everybody about Learning Ally? Since you work there, do a good job. Brag a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Learning Ally is a uh, national nonprofit that was founded shortly after World War II to uh, provide assistive learning services for veterans who were wounded in the war and would not have been able to take advantage of the GI Bill. Hmm. Our founder, Ann McDonald, went to the basement of the New York Public Library and recorded audiobooks for those veterans so they could take their college no. courses and, uh, and participate in uh, one of the other system-changing uh, uh, impetuses in education, uh, the World War II effort. Um, yeah. We have uh, continued that mission today of certainly serving struggling learners and struggling readers, um, yeah. and we'll talk a little bit about the, the screening work we're doing later, uh, but our mission is to serve uh, those who are struggling, and uh, and to use our experience uh, of, of of improving those, helping new, helping educators to improve outcomes. I'm glad you're there, man. Doing all this, I got to tell you, it's a nice company. Again, everybody, check it out. Please use them. LearningAnalyte.org. Okay, it's great stuff. Patrick, your government relations, and that's interesting. You know, everybody we're talking to is educators, and I'm sure they know that 
legislation has a lot to do with education. So I believe these days politics have a lot to do with education, etc. Uh, for good, for better, or for worse. But how'd you get involved in this? Basically, I, I don't know what I call it lobbying, but certainly working, getting getting yourself entrenched in government. And I know it's a lot, and you're doing. We'll talk about this in California, and Florida, and South Carolina, but it's really everywhere. And how'd you get into that? That's neat. Yeah, absolutely, Larry. So I I um. I uh, worked on Capitol Hill. I worked in the U.S. Congress uh, and in the U.S. Senate um, as a staffer. Every member of Congress has a policy staff that helps them to focus on issues of importance and make recommendations for how they should uh, vote on those issues, meet with constituents, uh, hear constituent concerns, and connect those st- constituents to the legislative process. And that point of connection will be a continual theme for our conversation because that's what I do as a government relations person. I connect those who are doing the work with the policymakers who are shaping the policy environment around the work. Mm. You mentioned the importance of, of government in this. And just here's a oh stat for Larry. Total ESSER allocation uh, for the COBRA relief bills was $189.5 billion. Mm. Uh, so if you don't think that has an impact or you don't think that influences yeah. uh, K-12 education, and to your point, we've got to make sure that that funding is accessible and inclusive um, so that all people can, all students can benefit from it. Um, so, so, yeah, so I, I, um, I, I, I cut my teeth on Capitol Hill. Uh, I went to work in the private sector for a, for a, for in a government relations office for a company. Uh, but I'd always been interested in what was happening in California. California, for many reasons, I think, is the uh, launch pad for many initiatives uh, uh, that are system changing in nature, whether it be uh, the development of the, the silicon chip uh, or uh, the, the development of the Internet, right? This is the California right. was the hotbed of this, and I wanted to understand the policy environment uh, that was around this. So I set out to California. Um, I had uh, dreams with a, with of With a banjo of on, on your knee? Is that correct? Did you have a banjo with on a your banjo knee? banjo on my knee and my, <laughs> yeah, my covered wagon, and I hit the yeah. Oregon Trail, and I didn't – I didn't contract I malaria, me- I forgot to mention Patrick is over 180 years old. I didn't know whether I mentioned that yeah. or not. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, when I was there, I, I linked up with the UCSF Dyslexia Center, University of California Dyslexia Center. Um, oh, wow. Uh, the, the UCSF is a, is a Tier 1 medical school, and, and the proposition of the Dyslexia Center is let's take the, uh, a Tier 1 medical school Pair it with those researchers, take those doctors, take those uh, people who are driving impact, and have them focus on issues around learning. Um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about this later, but but that was my my experience of getting involved in uh, sort of the, the 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 what I call the learning movement. And uh, I'll just share with you, Larry. This is personal for me. I think I think the reason I took so quickly to the work with UCSF, which I was doing on a volunteer basis, by the way. Well. Uh, was because I grew up uh, as a dyslexic learner. I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Every day at 10 a.m., I would be extracted from my classroom and trotted down to the special education room. And through the no fault of my teachers, I was I was drilled in pointless literacy drills. And I really didn't learn to read until I was in the fifth grade when my grandmother, who had taught school for 30 years, intervened and, and really taught me how to read. And so, so I, I, I don't call this a job. I call it a, I call it a calling. Yeah, uh, because because it has become that for me because it's become so personal to me. It is personal, and congratulations on doing all that. I think I think that's great, and what a great background to bring to this. Are, are you in California now? Where are you? Where do you where are you stationed now? 
Right. Well, I'm I I oscillate between Los Angeles and Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, no. I, I, yeah, we we we, uh, we live in At Los least, Angeles least. and then have a house in Chapel Hill. Yeah. yeah. They uh, they they say it's always sunny in Philadelphia where I'm from, but you pick two sunny places. I got to tell you, it's pretty good. Seventy and sunny all the time, man. You got it, man. Time, yeah. well, it's always room temperature for uh, Patrick Brennan. What can I tell you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk about this. Let's get into the nitty gritty of one of these. And you you, you have this when you're preparing this. You're actually working with Governor Newsom, okay, Gavin Newsom of California, and then obviously his staff and all that on the California Dyslexia Initiative, and that's that's actually good since you're so involved in that anyway, Learning Ally. It's important. For everybody to know, when you say you're currently working, how's that actually work? Let's put what you're saying and what you do into action. Tell people how it really comes together. The California yeah, Dyslexia so, Initiative. Absolutely. Earlier I mentioned the uh, potential of connection and sort of power and connection. And uh, uh, in 2019, uh, we, um, uh, our board vice chair, Steve Carnavale, and I uh, arranged a meeting with Governor Newsom's office, and we uh, uh, organized that meeting to include Dr. Mary Lou Gorno-Timpini, who is the co-director of the UCSF Dyslexia Center. She is a neurobiologist. Um, she is top in her field, um, and she's just an amazing, amazing person. Um, uh, we uh, uh, took her up to Sacramento um, from UCSF, and we organized a meeting with Governor Newsom's office. And uh, it was the first time she had met with a policymaker uh, like that, um, right? I and, imagine. Uh, and 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 we described the work she was doing. We described the the potential of screening. We described uh, what what how California could leverage this work for the benefit of uh, students, especially those struggling readers. Um, and next thing you know, um, in the following Budget Act, the California Dyslexia Initiative is included in what we call trailer bill language. It's a uh, essentially a directive to uh, departments and agencies for how to spend uh, allocated dollars. And this dyslexia initiative, the whole objective was to um, use early detection to uh, engage in um, mm-hmm. preventative measures. Um, and so this was, uh, this was us uh, putting research into practice. And the connection point, the impetus, was the policy conversation that happened that, that made this all possible. Uh, today, that project is called Multitudes. Um, uh, Mary Lou oh. Tempini is still leading it. She's doing amazing work. She's piloting that screener in 30 different school districts uh, across the state of California, everywhere wow. from Compton to South Lake Tahoe to Marin hmm. uh, to the UCLA Lab School and everywhere in between. Uh, so really proud of the work she's doing and, and grateful that we have the opportunity to, to partner with amazing people like her uh, to do this work. So just an example of of how connection can be used to improve yeah. outcomes. And, then, you know, you brought up something that, that struck me interesting. You drove this through the governor's office. And a lot of people believe, and I, I believe there is another route, but just talk about this. Is it when you're dealing with a state, not so much the feds, but when you're dealing with a state, is it better to go through, and I know this is going to be a complicated answer, better to go through the governor's office, the executive branch, of a state government, and they can include that in a bill or whatever, but, or is it better to go through the legislative branch? Okay. How's that? What's, what's your thoughts on that? 
Well, you, you said you spent some time in Boston, and, and obviously Speaker Tip O'Neill from Boston had a famous saying. He said all politics is well, local. All politics is local. Yep. <laughs> I, I believe that to be the case, but I also believe that all politics is personal. And the, this story is easy to tell when you're talking to someone who uh, has a shared experience around these issues. And in this case, Governor Newsom himself is dyslexic. And you're so kidding. I didn't know that. Uh, working with him, we that. knew he would, yeah, have um, – uh, 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 an empathy, empathy, he would have empathy for this issue and want to solve this oh, issue sure. uh, because it is so personal to him. Um, and so um, I believe that the, the, the power of politics, the power of policy um, is personal in nature. And it's important in this work to connect with people who have had personal experience with it uh, so, that, uh, hmm. so that outcomes can be shaped in authentic and sincere ways. And that can happen at the executive level. It can happen at the legislative level. Uh, Larry, it can happen at uh, the dog catcher level. I think <laughs> the power of politics is that anyone can get involved and anyone can have an impact for good, whatever that means to them, um, irrespective of their position. Um, and so I don't differentiate between governors and legislatures. I have respect for anybody who uh, signs their nom- name on the dotted line for service and wants to be a part of improving outcomes. Absolutely. And, you know, my, my question really related, we're always saying to educators, get in touch with your state representative, get in touch with your senator. That's either federal or state, both of them. And yeah. we, we yeah. rarely say, we rarely say, at least I really rarely hear, okay, get in touch with the governor's office. Okay. And it, that, that just struck me as you were talking about working with Governor Newsom's office, how that, that actually worked out. And I thought that was really interesting. Okay, and yeah. uh, you know we're, we're talking about walking up the Capitol steps again, legislative. Okay, but you know we got to we got to put it all in perspective. There's an executive branch too. I found this very interesting, and I I want to carry further what's going on with the uh, reach every reader screen reader. Okay, because you're expanding that. It seems to me, Patrick, and my notes here say South Carolina and Florida. Okay, you're piloting it there. Okay, what's going on with that? And how did you turn a trader to your home state of North Carolina with one kind of barbecue and go to the South Carolina barbecue state? That's a very important well, question. I, you know, the, the South Carolina is actually very near and dear to my heart, and, it, and this is a real example of the power of policy. Uh, at, at my grandmother, uh, who taught school at Alice Drive, yeah, who school, taught you to read, fifth, fourth and fifth yeah. grade, who taught me to read uh, in, in Sumter, South Carolina. Wow, um, there you go. Uh, it's really is really the inspiration for this. And, and when I saw what we were doing in California and what was happening um, in other parts of the country around early literacy screening, and South Carolina is doing great work on this already, uh, credit to the educators and the leaders there who have Absolutely. You know, been on this path for a long time. We're just trying to come along and help them. We're, not, we're, we're never saying we're, we're, we know better than them. We're just saying we want to be we whatever service we can. And so I saw this incredible work happening in California taking these incredible medical doctors, neurobiologists, who were thinking about how to help children when they were struggling to learn and read. And uh, uh, we went to the legislature, and uh, we there went to go. Senator Brad Hutto, who, uh, who, uh, who has a, a, a heart for this issue. And we said, Senator Hutto, uh, where, where is he? Is he in South how Carolina? Get... Is he, is he he's in South based Carolina? In South Carolina. He's, okay. he's based in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Okay. Um, a, a great member of the South Carolina Senate. And we said, Senator Hunter, we'd like to propose 
um, a South Carolina Dyslexia Initiative. We'd like to work with you to launch a literacy screener in South Carolina, and we'd hmm. like to pilot it at Alice Drive Elementary School, uh, where my grandmother taught for for more than oh. twenty years. Nice. Um, nice. Um, and and so to the point, Larry, of all politics being personal, this is an example of that. This is an example of us taking this research, using personal experience, and putting it into practice for the benefit of others uh, so that we can be of service in some way. Um, the screener itself um, is, uh, is a neuroscience-based literacy screener, and we're doing it in partnership with Reach Every Reader, most especially uh, Professor Hugh Katz and Professor Yakov Pesher um, at the uh, Florida State Center for Reading and Research, two amazing nice. researchers and practitioners who are, who are wanting to have an impact. The screener tests for different measures, including ballooning, deletion, letter naming, letter sounds, word reading, non-word reading, um, spelling, digit span. Uh, it's uh, kindergarten through grade three. Um, mm. um, uh, yep. and by grade three, we're looking at measures including oral reading fluency, receptive vocabulary, and picture naming. So it's a, pro- it's a project I'm really proud of um, and, and, and grateful for partners like Senator Hutto and Superintendent Ellen Weaver and and, oh, and those teachers who have been on this path for a long time. Yeah, thank you for mentioning both of those gentlemen and, and all the teachers, et cetera. And I, I've worked a, a lot with a, there's been a senator, a state senator in Utah. I don't know if he's still in the Senate or not there. His name's Howard Stevenson. And he became a real champion of education in Utah and made a big difference in the state. And you just mentioned Senator Huda, who I, who I don't know, okay, of South Carolina. All right, and how powerful he is in making changes in, in education. And sometimes we forget how powerful our state senators are in terms of this type of thing. And I congratulate him for, for listening, A, for listening, and B, for making it happen and leading the charge. And that superintendent, well, who, what superintendent was it? Uh, superintendent Ellen Weaver, recently elected in South Carolina, um, uh, who who we have a, a great partnership with working on this issue. And the senator is Senator Brad Hutto, uh, H-U-T-T-O, from Orange County, South Carolina. Thank you. Sorry, Senator, if I yeah. mispronounced your name. I, and I know Senator Stevens from uh, Utah. I'm, I'm, a very, I'm very fond of his work. I think the yeah, work he's done on literacy improvement in the state of Utah has been absolutely uh, – it's been a model for other states. Exactly, exactly. And Senator Hutto is kind of leading the charge in South Carolina, which I think is really terrific. Okay. Yeah. And, and also, I have to say this, okay, in light of all the news these days about Florida and education, I'm so happy Florida is moving forward on all this. And I have to ask, it's an early reader screener. Is it a digital device or is it a test? When you say screener, what's that actually mean? Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, Larry. It's a it's a it's implemented on uh, iPad or Chromebook, and uh, it, and it's a, a digital assessment. Um, so it hmm. it uses wow. improved adaptive 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 functioning um, uh, to use multi-dimensional score scoring. So if you were to see it um, in person, uh, you would see a proctor sitting across from a student, uh, each each person holding an iPad, the student going through the screener, and the proctor. Um, uh, ensuring the students having a, a good experience. It would look like uh, uh, it's a gamified, it's a gamified solution. <laughs> um, so it, it's quite enjoyable for students to interact with as well. Um, so right, that, that's we, we think this, yeah, we're so proud of this partnership with Reach Every Reader and, and Dr. Katz and, and, and Dr. Y- uh, Pesher. Uh, we're just yeah. so grateful that, that they've trusted us to, 
to go on this legislative path with us to try to improve outcomes. And they've been terrific partners in this. And 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 as the inventors of this, um, they deserve a lot of credit in this process as well. Well, I'm glad you gave it to them, and they do deserve a lot of credit. I agree. So, as you are the VP, Pat Patrick, of of, of government relations at Learning Ally, okay? There's 50 states, okay? How do you go? How do you possibly influence and understand what's going on in 50 states? Because it, it, you know, we we always talk about let's compare ourselves to Finland, which is really an unfair comparison. We're 50 Finlands. Okay, they're one Finland. God bless Finland, but they're one Finland. Okay, it's, it's an apples to oranges comparison. Okay, how do you work with 50 different states? Patrick? You know, I've got a great, a great uh, organization um, which to rely on. I've got 120 or so colleagues um, who um, uh, are helping us to um, survey the country and determine what's going on. Um, and those colleagues serve as feedback loops for us. They're able to have direct conversations with teachers um, and relay those teachers' experience to us um, about what they're seeing so that we can maybe get into action and be uh, be a part of the solution and help to improve outcomes. I've also got an amazing uh, government relations team um, that uh, does incredible work to uh, identify uh, literacy initiatives where we could be uh, of help. Uh, a yeah. great example of this is in Arkansas. Governor Huckabee Sanders uh, just yesterday uh, introduced the LEARNS Act, or earlier this week introduced the LEARNS Act. It's a overhaul of Arkansas's education system, um, and a key focus of this is, by the way, on screening and literacy. Um, and, and, she, and and her legislation and Senator Breanne Davis, who is the Senate sponsor of the legislation from Russellville, Arkansas, um, is is focused on the signs of learning and the signs of reading. Um, and so yes, they're, they're very good at that. Like that. Arkansas yeah. strong in science of reading. I know that. Yeah. So, so, so we see initiatives like this happening and developing, and we want to go to those states where there's a will. Because as Larry, as the old saying goes, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard where there's a will, there's a relative. That's a joke. <laughs> so. Well, that must be the Irish people you're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> No, where there is a will, there is a way. And actually, you brought up something really interesting. And I don't know about Senator Hutto, but I, I, I know that uh, Governor Huckabee Sanders, Sarah, uh, you know, is, is, a, is a conservative Republican. All right. And she was just elected. OK. And that, that brings up an always interesting point that I always like to make. P- education. And, and, and tell me if I'm right here, Patrick. I, I find education to be pretty nonpartisan. It's one issue. Okay, that that Governor Sanders and Governor Newsom, liberal versus conservative, both are extremely interested in. They both want to help. Okay, and they may be nuances that make a difference politically, but deep down, they not deep down, right at the surface, they do want to help. As, as you work with Republicans and Democrats, and what what do you find with that? Okay, because we're in such a, a partisan world these days and this is the one issue that we can really jump together on well i think it's a really important insight on your part larry and i'll give you an example of sort of how this comes into practice uh the federal government passed three covid relief bills um uh, which again provided the uh, 180 plus billion dollars in covid esser funding um um, as as k-12 covid relief and 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 never once 
was the amount of funding that was going to be allocated um, to K through 12 disagreed upon. Um, mm. In every draft of the bill that both Republicans and Democrats produced, education funding uh, matched each budget. And so there was a real commitment um, to ensuring that um, our, our educators, our school administrators, our literacy coaches, our support staff uh, who, who make the school function um, had the resources they need um, to be able to operate in unparalleled, unprecedented times of a pandemic. Um, and so that commitment to funding, to me, indicates that there's a commitment to um, educational uh, improvement that is in bipartisan nature. You know, I, I believe in L words, Larry. I believe in literacy, and I believe in love. And I think these two things <laughs> um, are really powerful forces for um, that, 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 that they don't care uh, who you are, where you're born, or how you learn. Uh, they all have an impact on you. And I think if we can be a part of those two things, uh, we can have um, uh, some, some, something to say about these issues. And I'll give you another L word, learning ally. That's who you work for. Learning ally. There you go. Yes, sir. <laughs> With an, and Larry. Larry. Larry's an L, too. And Larry. Yeah, Larry. <laughs> learning ally and Larry. Okay. Learning ally. It's, 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 I, I, you know, it's only education can be a bipartisan issue. It should be a bipartisan issue. And I realize there are nuanced differences. I, I get that. Okay. But everybody wants their kids to learn. Everybody wants their kids to do better than, than they did. Okay. I guess yeah. we got to pull politics yeah. at it and jump on this. Okay. And really, really make it happy. You know, I think back to uh, President George W. Bush, who said at the beginning, he really, when his wife was very interested, Laura was very interested in this too, to quote, be the education president. Okay. And he was able to put through no child left behind. Okay. And no child left behind. Didn't, they, they didn't set out to destroy anything. They wanted to help. Okay, and it just wasn't as good as it could have been. Okay, but the effort was there, and it was a bipartisan effort. Okay, which just shows that it happens, and it, it would, would it, to me it worked very well because it brought up a lot of issues. Okay, and a lot of changes. And although they might have made a mistake, they, they tried, and I got to give them a lot of credit for that. The Bush administration, second Bush administration, they really, really did. Okay, and I've talked to them about it for years. People who worked on that, etc. Education is a great bipartisan issue because everybody wants their kids to do better, all right? And if, if teachers know that, if educators know that, Patrick, how do, they, how do they get their voices heard, okay, and to tell people what, what's the best way to do that? Is it through the uh, various associations, professional associations? Is it through school district? How do, you, how do you start? Where do you go? Give them a little, uh, like a AAA, a quick trip route to that. Well, well, Larry, can I go back to a point you just made about the George W. Bush administration? Um, sure. Another uh, uh, impressive thing that I think President Bush did was he passed the Individual Individual Indiv- uh, Individual with Disabilities Education Act, IDEA. Yes, he did. Thank um, you, he in did. In 2004. In 2004, uh, which is a really important piece of legislation that provides uh, inclusive exactly. classrooms. Um, and, and interestingly, this is a point about bipartisanship, um, IDEA had uh, a plus-up of $3 billion in one of the COVID relief bills. And you know who led that plus-up, Larry? Senator Chris Murphy, uh, a Democrat yeah. from the state of Connecticut. There you uh, go. So that just shows you how these are bipartisan issues, they and are. the issue of learning is something that affects all of us. And I think uh, teachers are uh, on the front lines of this. 
my mom, who taught uh, high school science, uh, oh, wow. stayed up every night until uh, 11 p.m. grading papers. I can remember her grading papers. <laughs> and I always said to her mom, wow. I always said in those moments of frustration, I said, if you can stand in front of the classroom uh, and manage uh, teenagers uh, and help them to learn and help them to have uh, a better life experience through education, that I think you have the skills that um, that 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 are incredibly important um, and 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 are just so impactful for our our society and culture and and, and economy. Um, and, and and so uh, you know, teachers and their experience um, and them sharing that experience is so important because that's the feedback loop that has to happen between policymakers and teachers. Policymakers. Uh, rely on partners to build the legislative initiatives like researchers, like Dr. Mary Lou Gorna Tapini. They, they talk to teachers. But that feedback loop has to happen. And yeah. so one of the things we're doing at Learning Ally on this layer is we're starting an uh, internship program, an advocacy internship program for teachers uh, and anybody who wants to come and start to learn about the legislative process to understand wow. better how they could engage in it. Um, if anybody has any interest in this, uh, please feel free to, to email me at pbrennan at learningally.org. Uh, my great colleague, Chloe Erickson, has designed this program and, and is launching it. We've got our first uh, intern out of the Uni- University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and she's doing fantastic work. Uh, but this is a way where we've devi- devi- de- 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 designed a curriculum uh, for people to go through to better understand the legislative process so they know how they well. can impact it positively based on their own experience. And that's, well, it's at learningally.org, but you can get in touch with Patrick. This is, I didn't know this. This is incredibly interesting. Okay. Uh, re- literally a, a, a root map for, uh, for your advocacy work. P Brennan at learningally.org. I'll put that on the, uh, I don't have it here, but I'll put it on the, if you don't mind, I'll put it on the description of the show. Is that okay? Please do it. Yeah. And Larry, I think it's so unique that at the top of the show, you said you've never, had a focus on policy or politics. Not and, really. Well, and we do, with, but that, with that the I associations, enjoy. we don't have a, the, 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 the person who literally is the VP of government relations. We don't talk about that enough. We always talk about the organization's advocacy week or something like that, where the group gets together in D.C. and walks up the Capitol steps and talks to the various members of Congress. But no one from your position, which I think is really cool that we're doing this. Well, I think it's cool we're doing it too, but and it's so meaningful to me because just as we took Dr. Mary Lou Gordon-Tempini through the policy process of meeting with the governor's office, yeah. I enjoy doing this with everyone. And so it's meaningful to me that I get to have this discussion with you, Larry, and I'm the first uh, oh, thank uh, you. person on your show. Well, you are, and, and uh, we did a great job. Thank you, Patrick. This was this was really, really interesting. I'll make sure I put your uh, – email up here so everybody can can see it okay we'll talk about this really neat and i'll talk to Alyssa about this because i think this is really an important thing that teachers can use i didn't know you guys were doing this thing so it's great okay you're a good man yeah, my friend yeah, keep up the good work where uh, are you today are you california or uh, north carolina i'm in north kakalaki i'm gonna uh i went to wake forest undergrad and so i'm gonna go see my wake forest demon deacon take on the nc state wolfpack tonight in raleigh north carolina <laughs> good enough and the wolfpack by the way is one of the few teams, okay, that is not named after a color and is singular. There's no S at the end. Think about it. Oh, wow. Wolfpack. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's Wolfpack. only a few. There's only a few. Yeah. Another one, I'll give you another one, the Fighting Illini of University of Illinois. 
Okay, no yeah. S at the yeah. end and not named after a color. Yeah. Well, I was going to mention the Stanford Cardinal, but of course that's a color. Exactly. That's There's color. another one. There's another one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's pretty cool, huh? There's a good trivia question for you tonight, and you'll, you'll sit there with your friends from the Wolf Pack, and uh, they won't be able to answer the question. Isn't that funny? They'll be impressed. <laughs> and I'm going to give you all the credit, Larry. I'm going to give you all the credit, my friend. Let them buy you the beer. I'm fine up here. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy enjoy the game. Enjoy the nice weather down there. Okay, my wife's heading down there for a little vacation with her girlfriend in a few weeks. So, uh, North Carolina, here she comes. All right. Thank you, Patrick. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Larry. Appreciate it. You're welcome, my friend. We'll talk again. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Patrick Brennan, everybody. P. Brennan at learningally.org. And uh, we're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. Okay, please uh, listen. Tell your friends about what we do. Uh, please join our consortium. We need every member we can to get the voice of equity and access to learning out there for every single kid. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. And thanks so much for listening. 